0: This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. All right, you got your Bible, go with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. Now, we're talking back on faith, and this is an area here that, whoo, the Lord has been working on me, and I, I've been like a little kid for several days on this passage here. But there were years in my life I tried to understand faith. That may be you right now and still me to this day. But I remember years ago there in Hebrews eleven six, 6, it says, Without faith it's impossible to please Him. So just with that statement there, man, I begin to say, Lord, I've got to understand faith. Help me to get a hold of this. And probably like you guys on a, on a million times, I would ask God, Give me faith, Father God. Give me faith. Give me faith. Give me faith. But that wasn't biblical. That didn't say how faith came. If we really want to be biblical about it, Romans ten seventeen says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So the only way that faith comes isn't for me crying out and saying, Father God, rain faith on me. He said, Get in the Word and hear the Word, and the byproduct of the Word of God is faith. Now, this question was brought up to me and Shelley just a few days ago, and the person said, How did you become discipled in the things of God? And I pondered that question. Now, you got to think back about this. Until I was 20, I didn't know anything about the Word of God. But I wasn't discipled by a, a man, a couple that set me down and mentored me every day or every week. So you know what my response was? I went to a church that preached the Word of God. And every Wednesday and Sunday, I was there. And because I begin to hear the Word of God on a consistent basis it began to disciple me in what God's heart was. And I think at times we have this thought that, wow, if if I could just spent two days with Billy Graham before he died, it would have fixed everything. No, it wouldn't have. Those would have been two great days. But the way you get discipled in the things of God is you hear and you hear and you keep hearing the word. And before long, that word will begin to stick in your heart. And when it begins to anchor and take root, you begin to see a difference in you. You begin to see a difference in your behavior. I can tell you this standing there. Without the Word of God in my life, I would either have been dead or in prison. And I'll guarantee you, I would have been on my 103rd marriage. Just because my flesh was so goofed up. But what happens is we literally get under the Word, and Romans 12, 2 kicks in, that I become transformed by the renewing of my mind. So I'm telling you this right now. You keep sitting under the Word, and the more you gobble Scriptures, I remember for years, man, I'd take a pen and paper in there, and I would write, and I would study, and when they would say something that the Lord would penetrate my heart. What God does is, is through the Word of God, you hear it, And then the Holy Ghost takes, or the Holy Spirit takes the Word of God, and He begins to inscribe on your heart. So what the Holy Spirit does, He works with the Word of God to change you. So anytime you hear the Word of God, man, He goes to work. And so I'm just telling you this, I don't care where you're at. If you've got a varsity letter jacket in Bible, keep hanging out with God, okay? If you're still in elementary, keep hanging out with God. Why? Why? Well, if there was hope for me, there's hope for you, okay? And so hang in there. So I began to look at all this, and the Lord had told me years ago, He said, to to really get the Word of God in the area of faith, I want you to go to Hebrews 11. Now, many of you will know that's that's described as the faith call of fame. There were days, I, I would read that, Five, six, seven times in a row. Just read it and read it and read it and read it. And I could tell what the Lord was telling me. He said, marinate in that. Soak in that. Absorb that. Look what the men and women who are in the faith fall of fame did to get their name in there. And so this is what became incredible to me just probably a month or so ago the Lord began to to say, I want you to get back in there. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. So I started jumping back in there, and and Hebrews 11, man, it became alive in me again. So now what you're getting ready to to hear is the things in the Faith Hall of Fame. And we're going to take portions of it, I don't know, maybe the rest of the year. We'll see how far we go with it. But we begin in the very first one tonight, Hebrews 11, verse 4. Now get your notes out, get your pen out, okay? By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. The message says, by an act of faith, he offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Now again, when you see, by an act of faith. So I begin to think about that. And if we had time, we could look at the book of of Luke, chapter 17, verse 5. And it was where the disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord says, if you would speak to the mountain or speak to the mulberry tree, so the first thing he says to increase your faith, start speaking the word. But it was interesting to me, later on down, after verse 5, he got over to the way that your faith is increased, is when you begin to obey the Word of God. And so when it says that Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice, you know what it showed me? He had a commitment, but he also started obeying the Word of God. So really, all that goes into play in James 1.21. Be doers of the Word and not hearers only. So this guy named Abel, he actually did what the Word of God told him to do. And because of that, in God's eyes, it was viewed as a more excellent sacrifice. So it goes on to say this. Through which he, Abel, obtained witness that he was righteous. That Abel's giving gave evidence that he was righteous. Now watch how it ends. He being dead still speaks. So as I looked at that right here, Abel's act of worship, it still testifies to this day. And and the true worshiper must come in faith, presenting sacrifices that are required by God. So here's what this is actually saying. Even though Abel's dead, his sacrificial giving or his obedience to God still speaks to this day. How do we know that? Because we're reading what he did. Now what I begin to see here, that what Abel believed was even more powerful than what he brought. Because what he believed, it showed the condition of his heart. If you believe something, you obey it. The proof I believe something, is I obey it. The reason I receive Jesus as Lord of my life is I believe He's the Son of God. And so I obey the command to believe in my heart and confess with my mouth. So anytime you believe something, you obey it. And so we begin to see here, the number one thing is, I want you to see all this, is faith is an excellent sacrifice. In other words, what we do. I'm gonna say some strong things here right now. We give in relationship to the amount of faith you have. What do you mean? If you don't have faith to give, you won't give. So, what has to ultimately be taught or told to each one of us? We've got to be taught what the scripture said. 20 years of my life, I didn't have a clue what the Bible said pertaining to the area of giving, but I was taught it. How many of you knew that God wants you to give before you got saved? I never knew that. And then when I got saved and they began to tell me that God, He he looks for your sacrificial giving. Man, it freaked me out for many years. But the very first thing is I have to be taught. And so faith and giving, they go together. You cannot separate them. Now, listen real close. When a person likes to give, or when a person doesn't like to give, it's because he doesn't have faith. Let me clarify that. He doesn't trust or believe that God will do what he says he'll do. So now we look at this guy named Abel who gave a more excellent sacrifice. Why did he do that? Because he believed that God would do what he would say he would do. I'm not saying you're a bad person at all. You've just got to be taught the Word of God, and then you come to a place. And remember, faith in action is obedience. And so uh, Abel, he didn't just talk the talk. He began to obey, and he said, Okay, Lord, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to offer this. And so when we start here again in verse 4, it says, By faith Abel offered to God. The Bible said Abel had faith. God said Abel had faith. Abel didn't say he had faith. God's the one who said it. And he said right here, By faith Abel offered. So again, we begin to see here that this guy named Abel, he stepped out by faith. Now we're going to get to the passage of Abel and Cain here in a minute. But before we go there, go with me to the book of uh, Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. Here's what I found out about my own life and about humanity in a whole. Anything we don't understand, we're against. So the only way I understand things is I get into the Word of God. And I begin to say, okay, this is God's desire. So that's what I encourage you to do. That's why it's so important to take notes where you can look and say, This is what the Word of God says. This is what the Word of God says. If you come to me with a question, I'm going to give you what the Bible says. I'm not going to say, thus says, stormy, because I'm not going to do you no good. Mark chapter 12, verse 41. Now Jesus said, opposite the treasury, the offering box, the offering plate, And he saw how the people put money into the treasury. This is is interesting to me. This had to be at the church, the synagogue, the temple. And I don't know how they do it, but it almost seems like to me, after the service, they're on their way out, and evidently there's an offering box or an offering plate. Now, just think there. It says that Jesus sat. And he's seeing all the people walk by. And it says he saw... How they gave. Better terms. He watched how they gave. That's interesting right there. So what was he watching? Keep reading. And you'll see how this all plays out tonight. And many who were rich put in much. Then poor wit- one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which make a quadrants, which was nothing. Tiny. It would be like throwing in pennies. So Jesus called his disciples to himself and said, Surely I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given in the treasury. Now again, what you begin to see here, Jesus, I believe, was looking more at commitment and sacrifice than the amount. How do we know that? Look what he goes ahead and clarifies in this last part of this verse. For they all put in out of their abundance... But she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. So why did he speak so highly of her? The total sum of everything she gave, it moved Jesus. uh, Sacrificial giving is beyond calculation and beyond convenience. It revealed this woman's heart. And so again, you begin to see something here sacrificial giving, you go back to Abel, that's what moved God so much that He put him in that faith hall of fame. Now jump with me into the Old Testament, way back there to the back, into the book of Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4, there in the very first. One aspect of faith is that it gives. So again, we have to ask ourselves this question, how did Abel's faith come? He had to have been taught the Word of God. And not only did he have to be taught the Word of God, he had to act on this. Now you're going to see some things come into play here. Verse number 1 of of Genesis 4. Now Adam knew Eva's wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again this time his brother Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Now, what you see there immediately with these two brothers, both of them knew to get up and go to work. How did they get up and go to work? How did they know to go to work? I believe their father, Adam, taught that and said, this is what we do. So they had to be taught to get up and go to work. Here's a good verse on that. Proverbs 14, 23 says that all labor is profitable. Guess what? If you get up and go to work tomorrow, in God's eyes, it's profitable. But again, the only way they knew to get up and go to work was, I believe, they were taught. Now watch what else they were taught. Verse 3. And in the process of time, or when he felt like it and he got around to it, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering to the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also bought of the firstborn of his flock and the fat and the Lord respected Abel and his offering. So now i got to stop all of a sudden. Both of them knew to give something. So it tells me right there, somewhere in their life, they had to have been taught to honor God. Who did that? Well, the only two people there besides them was Adam and Eve. So it came from their mom and dad. But actually, if you were to go back and look in the Bible, in Genesis 1, verse 11 to 12, it says the grass, the herbs, all the things of the earth, the seeds reproduce after their own kind. I believe Adam was taught by God the law of sowing and reaping. That's exactly whatever bit of that is. So right here you begin to see These two brothers, they understood something about giving. So they were taught, but in order for it to take place, it would be an act of faith to say, okay, I'm actually going to obey God and do what He said. And we stayed there in verse 4. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and the fat, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But he did not respect Cain. And his offering. I want to stop right there. Because if you look back at what it said in Hebrews 11.4 about Abel. He brought an excellent sacrifice. If you look at Cain. He didn't bring an excellent sacrifice. Both were taught to give. But each one of them took a different idea. And what I found out is people still haven't changed. They haven't? Uh-uh. See, when you look at that, there are still those who think like Cain did. I can give what I want and when I want, and God ought to be good with it. But yet the other side of that coin, it said that this guy named Abel brought an excellent sacrifice, and God received his. So guess what it tells me? God said, that's exactly what I want. Now watch Cain's response in verse 5. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. Cain got upset, he got angry. And it was like he said, But God, you received his, why don't you receive mine? So guess what you begin to see? You begin to see that of like a religious spirit in there. So Cain gave out of obligation, where Abel gave out of a commitment and a sacrifice. And so in God's eyes, he said, that's faith. That pleased God. And so oftentimes when we give how we think right instead of giving how God asks us to, we get very angry at God and we said, God, I expect you to bless me. I expect you to do this for me. And yet he didn't do what God asked him to do. But if I do what God asked me to do, guess what? He's going to bless you. He's going to take care of you. He's going to help us. He's going to watch over us. And so again, I want to do what I want to do, but I want God to bless it. Well, let me tell you something. That's not how it works. And so the way faith goes into operation is when I hear what the Word of God says, and I obey it like He says. See, again, many times we we ad-lib or we think, well, God's okay with this. God's okay if I do it that way. When you find out the things of God, He's very precise in what He tells us to do. Now, you want to see how this plays out in the New Testament? Watch this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. As you're turning there, again, the opposite of faith is doubt and unbelief. The only way I change out in doubt and unbelief is I continue to get into the Word. And I continue to get in the Word. And I can tell you this, in several areas of my life, it took me years to get a hold of the Word of God. I would see it, and I would see it, but I'd look, and I'd say, uh-uh. I'd kind of keep the Word of God at a distance. But as long as I would continue to get back to that, the Lord would begin to move. And before long, i begin to see it. I can tell you this, even in the area of giving, I'd been born again for almost four years. And it would freak me out to think, man, I've got to give God 10% of my money. And so for the first four years, we didn't honor God like that. And guess what happened? We'd get angry like Cain did. I lived on Barely Get Along Street, right down there on Grumble Avenue. And I'd complain and bellyache and whine. And we were reading the scriptures one day, and just, bing, this brilliant idea hit us. We've tried to do it God's way for four years and look where it's gotten us. Or we've tried to do it our way for four years and look where it's gotten us. So what would happen if we begin to step out by faith? And you talk a step of faith. I mean, we still, we stepped out and I'm telling you, we begin to give and my little head would just twist. It'd freak out. And we'd stay with it and we'd stay with it. And something began to happen. And so again, it's interesting to me. The very first human being that he lists in the Faith Hall of Fame was Abel. Now we go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, verse 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly, the amplified says grudgingly, will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully or generously will also reap generously. Now when I read that passage right there, you know who you see in that? Cain and Abel. Cain gave grudgingly. It's almost like when I get around to it, I'll do it. But when you see the bountifully, the generously, that was like Abel, like, man, I, I can't wait to do this. So immediately here in verse 6, you see the law of sowing and reaping. Verse number 7. So let each one give, Cain and Abel, as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly, nor of necessity. That word necessity means under constraint or against one's will? Now, does that not sound like Cain? I'm going to give it, but I don't want to give it. See, look here. I'm, I'm going to fall in this passage right here. I'm going to be in one of these two areas. And he goes on to say, Nor grudgingly in necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver, Abel. The one who brought an excellent sacrifice. So, when you see the word cheerful, you know what that means? Good nature, a spirit of enjoyment. The English word for a cheerful giver is hilarious. Let me ask you something. When you give, how do you give? So I go back and I look at the passage in Mark 12. I believe the poor widow, you know what? She gave cheerfully, blessed. The rich, and he watched them put in. And you know what he saw them do? He could see their body language. Understand this, God sees our heart. And I believe that's what ended up getting Cain. And so in this passage here, you begin to see it. God loves a cheerful giver. It didn't say tearful, it said cheerful. Now sometimes when the offering plate is passed, it's going down all aisles and the person puts his money in and it gets to the second aisle and they turn around and they watch it go by and they wave to it like, I'll never see you again. How do you know that, Pastor? Because I've given that way before. You know what the Lord says? And so we go back, and because Cain gave that way, remember it said God wouldn't receive it. It was like, keep your money, buddy. The lights aren't getting shut off in heaven because your money's not there. The angels' robes don't have holes in them. God's not a broke God, okay? Watch how this verse ends. I better hurry, hadn't I? And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That you always having all sufficiently in all things may have an abundance for every good work. And when he says all that, you know what he's saying? When I give God my excellent sacrifice, verse number 8 kicks in. That's why I believe Abel was so jacked up about it. He knew this is what God's going to do with my life. Verse 9. As it is written... He has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor, His righteousness endures forever. Now when it says his righteousness, you know what it actually means his act of a right, his act of righteousness, or his obedience to a righteousness, and it refers to the lasting result of generosity. So when you look at this last part here, guess what? He says it endures forever. Your giving just like Abel's, will be marked forever. And when I begin to look at that, I think, so that's why he was in the Faith Hall of Fame. He stepped out and he trusted God by faith. And he said, okay, Father God, even in the area of my livelihood, and you know what the Lord began to show me? The reason he put that very first of all, because mankind has the most problem with money more than anything. How many of you thought about money today? Don't lie. Put your hand up. Every one of us. You drive by that 7-Eleven and you see the, the lottery jackpot. And people start honking at you to go because you get caught up in the fantasy land. if I just had this much. But yet, God will take care of us when we step out. How do I know? Finish in verse 10. Now, may he who supplies seed to the sower, God does, and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown. Not the seed you think about sowing, but the seed you have sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness and so what happens when I sow that seed he not only blesses me but he gives me seeds and fruits of righteousness and now I become blessed to be a blessing and guess what people love to come around you just like they would have Abel if his brother wouldn't have killed him but that's why he was in the faith hall of fame guess what faith always has a starting point And so you come in here tonight and you have the thought, man, I didn't know this was going to be the lecture on faith tonight. Well, understand, this is the very first one we found. And so if you're struggling in that area, double up on the Word of God. Say, Father God, open the eyes of my understanding. Would I have a passion to obey you? Will it be a leap of faith? It will be a huge leap of faith for many of you, just like that. But I'm telling you right now, anytime we step out in faith, God moves. God will move. God doesn't go back on his word. And so, guess what? Your little head may freak out, but God applauds it. And I can say this 33 plus years now of honoring God with it, I don't hesitate. Man, when I have the opportunity to get that in there, I get that in there. When the Lord moves on my heart to sow seed, I'm going to move on my heart because guess what? Just what he said there in verse 10. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlebbic.com.